Welcome to What's Poppin'. My guest this week is Matthew Jorgens. Matthew, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Matthew, my first question for pretty much everyone is, how long have you lived in the area? I have lived in the area all 29 years of my life. So. 29 years of your life. Same house? Not quite, but I've been in the area all This is all life. you know. This is all I know. Can't imagine being anywhere else. All right. So then how'd you get to Prince of Peace? So I, my family started going to Prince of Peace in 2000 when I was about seven years old. Okay. Uh, we had family friends that went to this church. We had been going to a church up in San Jose. Hmm. You know, San Jose is kind of far. It is, yeah. So we had family friends that went here. So since you know, I was about seven, we've been going here. That's, uh, that was when church was still happening in the gym. So there's okay. been a lot of changes over that time, but always happy to be here on Sunday mornings. Yeah, and you're you're also thoroughly involved with the youth and things like that. So, uh... yeah, that's always fun. It's it's kind of interesting how that started because I think we see sometimes like a calling to do something mm. as this big grand thing. Mm. But really, someone just texted me and said, "Hey, can you <laughs> you're help? doing anything Wednesday evenings?" And I was like, <laughs> "Well, I can't think of an excuse here, so I might as well help out." And it's something that yeah, you know, I've been helping out with a long time and really enjoy. So yeah, it has been a long time, hasn't? It? How many years have you been doing the youth stuff? Probably seven now. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty much you got out of being a youth yourself uh, and they hooked you right away and you have a, an affinity and a skill for it. So we're thankful for all the I, help I really you enjoy talking about Jesus with the seventh and eighth graders, especially. And yeah. They, they have really good insights that make me think a bit differently about oh, yeah. what I come in. You know, I always come in with a plan and it gets derailed pretty quickly with one of their <laughs> observations and you know, they pivot and, you know, cause they're bringing in good questions and good observations. So it's yeah. always really fun to be there. Cool. So recently you've been elected to local government. And so uh, I think a lot of the folks at Prince of Peace know this already, but there's also probably plenty who have no idea uh, that you have been. And so could you talk about what you do to give us a better idea of your job? Yeah, so in November, I was elected to the Newark City Council. I was actually the youngest person to ever be elected to the Newark City Council. Cool. Um, so the city council is in charge of, you know, everything from public safety to parks to mm. community development to bringing in businesses. and. You know, all the buildings you see need to go through uh, the council. So it's, you know, a lot of work of shaping community and, you know, using the physical environment, the tools that you have mm. there in the municipal government to bring people together and, you know, create a real community. And, you know, government can kind of get a bad reputation. And it, <laughs> it, for the most part, has earned that. But it's, <laughs> you know, it's all about service and serving that community. And it's, a really unique way to be able to do that and I'm really proud to be able to serve on the council. That's that's really interesting. So what what kind of hours is it to be? So the Newark City Council is a it's a part-time job for me, so it's you know several hours a week but it's a part-time job. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what is what is the most challenging aspect of your job so far? So with anything with the city, there's a lot of history behind any decision yeah. that we're going to make and making sure I have an understanding of that history. And, you know, it's easy to come in with new ideas and say like, oh, look at these bright, shiny ideas that I came <laughs> up with. But, you know, there's history of, you know, why this might work, why th things are being done this way and making sure I have an understanding of that, you know, before I come in and. I get that. Like, so coming in as a pastor to a congregation that's been around for 
60 years, you know, uh, can't come in and start changing things or say we should do it this way or that way without getting the history first. Right. I'm sure it's the same thing where it's, is this happening because this is, there's just kind of inertia hmm. and we've gotten to this point and we're doing things this way because of inertia. Or is there a really good reason behind that? Mm -hmm. That you're and, not seeing, perhaps. Right. Yeah. That, hey, this argument was had, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. And we landed on this for a reason. Or is it just like, hey, we haven't really thought about this yet. And we need to turn around from our inertia. So it's... I imagine, though, having sort of a, a fresh perspective is helpful in those situations as well, right? Because sometimes people have been there for 15 years and they, have, they don't notice that the inertia is carried them to that point sure and it's always a balance though there's also a huge amount of wisdom that can come in for from, sure uh, you know one of my colleagues has been there for more than 20 years on the council mm. and, you know that wisdom there that he can bring there is also really important so it's always balancing those things because he knows the history you can say this is this is why we do it like this <laughs> he knows the history he's got a long history of making good decisions there yeah and you know i'm really lucky with the four other the mayor and then three other council members that i get to work with mm. uh, they're all really great and are all really dedicated to the community, so it makes the job easier. That's awesome. It's, it's glad to hear that you were enjoying doing it. That's, that's neat. Uh, so this past Sunday, uh, Pastor Zelt was preaching, uh, and he's finishing up the series on overcoming the lies, and it's also the, the, the Sunday after Easter. So uh, are there two things from the message that you thought were interesting or good or made you think a little bit? Yeah, so the first reading was from John 20, and Thomas is always an interesting figure to hmm. me because, you know, he always gets to be doubting Thomas. And that, right. you know, ignores the fact that, you know, Luke's got it where, you know, the women come to the tomb, mm -hmm. from the tomb, and, you know, they say he's not there, and other than Peter, none of the disciples believe. Right. They don't get to be called the doubters. It's doubters, just Thomas. just Thomas, yeah. And I think pastors out recentering that to, it's important that Jesus actually rose from the dead. Mm. Right? It's not a symbolic thing. It's not a metaphorical thing. It's Jesus rose from the dead. Like for real. He was like human. Physically. Yeah. And, you know, he had to do all of these different things. We've got the 11 recorded in scripture and then notes that he did a bunch of other stuff too. Yeah. The variety and quantity of the things that he was doing to show his apostles, mm -hmm. hey, this is me. I'm actually alive here. Yeah. Is, you know, Thomas can kind of get maligned a little bit there and it was good for me to be recentered because the last verse there i can always self-insert myself right blessed is, are those who uh do not see yet believe yeah and it's really easy for me to read that as like oh yeah blessed be me blessed be me <laughs> and <laughs> yeah that kind of misses the point of what jesus is trying to show there yeah. which is i actually rose from the dead yeah and it's such an important thing that can kind of be lost in the well, look at Thomas, look how much smarter I am than him. And As we identify with Thomas or do not identify with Thomas, yeah. <laughs> and we should be identifying with Thomas there as well. Mm. It should be important to us that Jesus physically rose from the dead. Mm. And yes, blessed are those who um, believe without seeing, but also blessed are those who saw Jesus and then told everyone they possibly could about it yeah. <laughs> over the next decades to make sure that you know, two centuries down, uh, we can be criticizing Thomas for doubting that Jesus actually <laughs> rose from the dead. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah it, my, uh, my favorite one um, is a, probably an odd one, but it's the, it's the 500. Uh, so Paul talks about that, right? And he says, he appeared to over 500 people at one time, some of who are still alive, 
right? Which implies go ask them. <laughs> like, if you don't believe, you can still find an eyewitness other than Paul or one of the disciples, uh, which I think is just fantastic. Like, that's that's a that's a gutsy statement for someone who'd be lying to make, right? Like, you can go find someone else who saw Jesus alive, and, and so I, that's one of my favorite parts of that. Well, and I think we can move into, you know, the second thing that I, I really was thinking about over the last couple of days is kind of how the lies come down to us. Because mm. you see the lies on the PowerPoint and they seem obvious. Because you know they're lies. Like you're being I'm, told they're lies. <laughs> I, I'm sitting here in a pew and we've got the summary of, mm -hmm. you know, there would be the lie that, you know, Satan tries to tell us that, you know, Jesus didn't really rise from the dead or he didn't really die or he wasn't really there or right, wasn't really human or something yeah. and i think kind of the way at least for me that i would get tricked there mm -hmm. is i guess that common thread is that the resurrection isn't important mm. right that i don't need the resurrection right we can say well the message of jesus is the most important thing mm. like what he said like yeah. let's just take the sermon on the mount and that's the important thing, yeah. right? That overall message. And that's really what's important. Or you can say, well, yeah, Jesus kind of came down. He had to fill some kind of divine bureaucracy where he's right. checking all his boxes to make sure that, you know, me and my goodness and intellectual capabilities to be able to believe mm -hmm. can then go, I, I can save myself through that. Mm. And it diminishes Jesus conquering death. Mm, right. And his, his, it also diminishes the fact that it validates who he says he is. Right. You know, like he, he, he came back to life, like resurrected. Like he is who he says he is. He's, he's the son of God. Yeah. And I think with all the resurrection appearances, part of it is, and you know what Paul was saying, you know, go find the people. There are people who remember this happening yeah. is because it doesn't make sense. Right. And sometimes we can make it smaller to make it make sense. Mm. A guy coming back from the dead shouldn't make sense. I was thinking during Pastor Zelt's uh, message about that, he, he made a point of saying that it could have been up to one third of Jerusalem believing in Jesus, you know, within a year or so of uh, his death and resurrection. And I thought to myself, that means two thirds didn't, right? With the same information. Right. And, and knew of who he was, knew eyewitnesses, all these things. And two thirds didn't because it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Like, <laughs> right. If you you know, someone comes to me and says, you know, hey, someone rose from the dead. I'm not going to believe them. Right. <laughs> right. I'm going to need to I'm going to need to know more. Yeah. And, you know, part of what Thomas and the other apostles did was after they saw Jesus and Jesus made sure he showed himself in all these different ways, mm -hmm. eating and you know, meeting with them, telling them ahead of time where he was going to be mm -hmm. so they would be able to go out and, you know, two centuries on, we would know that it happened. Mm -hmm. And I'll plug Pastor Zelt's book, The Lynchpin, here, because it is <laughs> it is a really good read of just, it presents it as the only kind of logical thing to happen. Mm. So right. that, that could have happened. So it's, it's really good. I would encourage people to read it. So this is a different question. Um, and some folks may not know this about you, but you play an instrument, uh, clarinet, correct? Clarinet. Yeah. And so, uh, what is your favorite piece of music to play and why? I love playing jazz. So I would say any, hmm. uh, 12 bar blues hmm. where you just get a bunch of people together. 
You kind of have the rules set down and then you just improvise over it. I and was not expecting that, Matthew. Really? There's bar blues. A, a lot of freedom that can come with it and it's a lot of fun and it's always different and improvising is just always keeps things interesting. How often do you get to do that? Not often enough. When's the last time? It's probably before the pandemic even. Really? So it's probably why it's coming to mind because I'm missing doing it. It's, yeah, you got to find a group. Yeah, it's I also really enjoy playing Christmas music for a lot of the same reason because okay. you have these very simple um, melodies that come in. Yeah. And they're known. Yeah. And then you, you know flourish. an arranger will come in and <laughs> yeah. do it a little bit differently. Yeah. And it's okay. How am I going to emphasize this part? How am I going to emphasize this part? Okay, we know the melodies here. How is this harmony fitting in that you know isn't usually heard? Hmm. That's always very interesting to me. So when you play. 12 bar blues with your clarinet with other people what are the other people playing it can be anything that's part of the fun of it but you know a lot of times you would need a drummer a piano player and yeah a handful of other people whoever's around all right folks you heard if you are a drummer a piano player or someone else plays an instrument and want to play some jazz or blues with matthew you just gotta to talk to him because he's ready to jam right that's right well, Matthew, thank you so much for coming out and making time to be on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Oh, it was a lot of fun.